Welcome to the inaugural Denton's Employment and Labor Podcast. In a series of podcasts, the Denton's Employment and Labor Group will discuss the latest employment law issues impacting the Canadian workplace and offer our guidance during these challenging times. I'm your host, Alison Walsh. I'm a partner in the Denton's Employment and Labor Group. And today I'm joined by my colleague, Christina Wendell, to discuss COVID-19 workplace safety plans. Christina is a partner in the Denton's Employment Group based in Edmonton and specializes in occupational health and safety law. Welcome, Christina. Thanks, Allison. It's great to be here. As I indicated, today we are going to discuss COVID-19 workplace safety plans. Across Canada, we are seeing COVID-19 restrictions being lifted and businesses begin to reopen. Whether businesses are currently operating or planning for their workers to return to work, governments and public health authorities across Canada are recommending or requiring businesses to develop a plan to work safely. That's right. Having a plan in place is key for businesses. Whether they've continued to operate or whether they were closed and are now reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic is impacting all businesses and the way they operate. We hear the term the new normal a lot, but the current situation and the necessary precautions are looking like they're going to be with us for the foreseeable future. So businesses do need to be prepared to address the issues that this new normal will bring. And in general, these workplace safety plans can be broken down into four categories. We hear a lot of reference to a hierarchy of controls, and they are elimination, so removing the risk of exposure, engineering controls, so physical changes to work sites, administrative controls, changing how people work and interact, and the use of personal protective equipment to minimize exposure. If we go through this hierarchy, what are some of the strategies that businesses can put in place to remove the risk of exposure? Well, COVID-19 is considered a workplace hazard. And so, as with all workplace hazards, the primary goal should be eliminating that. So with COVID-19, the first step is to conduct a hazard assessment. When dealing with a hazard, elimination is the starting point and the ideal Although in reality, elimination will not always be possible. Elimination starts with taking reasonable steps to avoid having COVID-19 enter the workplace. That's why screening is important. While all businesses should be doing some form of active screening of all who enter the business premises, whether they be employees, visitors, customers, the specific type of screening required may differ from business to business. So for instance, businesses that primarily have people outdoors, like a golf club, uh, for those businesses, lesser screening mechanisms will likely suffice, such as having employees, customers, and other visitors complete a questionnaire confirming they do not have symptoms or aren't otherwise at a greater risk of bringing COVID-19 into the business. So for instance, having had close contact with someone who has tested positive or recently traveled outside of Canada. For other businesses where the degree of risk and likelihood of spread is greater, such as long-term care facilities, obviously stricter screening mechanisms should be put in place, including temperature screenings. Businesses should also consider other options to try to eliminate the hazard, such as remote work, virtual meetings, and contactless delivery. However, we all understand that in-person attendance will be necessary in some instances, so Eliminating the risk, as you indicated, although that is the goal, is not always possible. So the next level of safety measures that businesses should have in place is what is known as engineering controls. And these are physical barriers that can be implemented in the work site. 
What are some of the examples of the physical controls that businesses should be implementing? Right, and again, the appropriate engineering controls will depend on the nature of the business. And that's why conducting the hazard assessment as the starting point is so important. So some common engineering controls that we are seeing is the plexiglass barriers, uh, workspace partitions, removing alternate seats or removing access to those seats from places such as waiting areas or lunch rooms, rearranging workspaces, putting in place automatic doors and automatic garbage bins so as to avoid common touch points. So it's not always possible to erect physical barriers. So alongside physical barriers, businesses should also try and change how people work and interact by implementing guidelines for controlling people's behavior. And this is where we see guidelines involving physical distancing, cleaning, and hygiene. Right, so administrative controls are the next level after engineering controls. And really what they're about is about changing people's behavior. And so this requires uh, things like implementing certain policies, practices, and procedures. So for example, with requiring physical distancing, businesses may need to consider introducing staggered start, stop, and break times for employees to keep their numbers down at certain key times. Businesses should look at controlling the direction that people travel in the workplace to minimize the number of people in an area at any given time. And that can be done by putting in place one-way arrows to remind people which way they should be traveling. Obviously, cleaning and hygiene are very important as well, and businesses should have practices in place to ensure that additional and proper cleaning and disinfecting is being done. That will include frequent cleaning of high traffic areas and touch points, such as door handles and elevator buttons. Businesses may also need to ensure that cleaning materials are available to users, such as employees, to wipe down areas before and after use if that's appropriate. So for example, in an office setting with a photocopier, employees should be told to wipe it down before and after use, and there should be cleaning materials left nearby to enable employees to do that. Hygiene, such as hand hygiene and respiratory etiquette, will also be important. People should be washing their hands frequently and businesses should do what they can to encourage and facilitate that. That may include ensuring that soap and sanitizer is available throughout, putting up signs and reminders to staff and others to wash their hands and sneeze into their elbows, etc. And then the last level of defense in the workplace um, is the use of personal protective equipment such as face masks and gloves. And in particular, we hear a lot of discussion about the use of face masks. In general, when should workers be using personal protective equipment such as face masks in the workplace? Well, PPE is often one of the first things that people think of when it comes to controlling the hazard of COVID-19. In reality, it should really be a, a last resort, like you said. And that's why it's last in the hierarchy of hazard controls. PPE includes things like face masks, face shields, gloves, and those are intended to be used when the other controls, the engineering and administrative controls, may not be enough to control the hazard. As you said, the use of masks is certainly a topic that we see a lot of discussion on and where the information and recommendations have changed quite a fair bit over the past few months. Currently in Alberta, masks are not mandatory for most businesses. Some places like healthcare and long-term care settings will be different. Most recently, however, masks are recommended as a way to reduce the spread of COVID-19, particularly where proper physical distancing can't be maintained. 
If a business determines that the use of PPE, such as masks, is mandatory for its employees, then it also needs to ensure that employees are properly trained in how to use that PPE. So with masks, employees would need to be trained on how to put the mask on, how to take it off properly, how to dispose of it, or if it's reusable, how to clean and store it. And so with all policies and plans, I think that this is something as employment lawyers we say a lot, um, they're really not worth the paper they're written on if they're not shared with their workers. So what approaches have you seen for businesses um, trying to educate and share these plans with their employees? That's right. Far too often we see employers who are really concerned about diligently getting all the right policies in place, but they forget that in order to be effective, those policies need to be made known to their employees. Employers need to train employees on the policies, as well as ensure that they are being followed, such as monitoring for compliance and disciplining employees who are disregarding the requirements in the policies. So in terms of training and sharing the plans with employees, as with so many other things these days, a lot of businesses have moved their training online. So some are having employees complete their training by way of a video training session, while others are required to attend a webinar. In some cases, employees also have to complete a short test at the end of the webinar to ensure they've understood the new policies. And the last thing I think that we've all um, become very accustomed to with this COVID-19 world we're living in is the fact that the information and news we have is changing constantly. So government guidelines and regulations are changing to respond to COVID-19. And in this respect, how often should businesses therefore be reviewing and updating their workplace safety plans to ensure that they are in compliance with current guidelines and recommendations? So in the pre-COVID-19 world, with the regular health and safety program, which is mandatory under Alberta's occupational health and safety legislation, the requirement was that it be reviewed at least every three years. Obviously, with COVID-19, that's not going to be enough. The one thing we've seen for sure is that COVID-19 makes all things very fluid and changing quite rapidly. So employers should be reviewing their COVID-19 related plans in conjunction with the government updates and revising them as needed to ensure compliance. As hard as it is with what seems to be the ever-changing requirements and guidelines, it really is important for businesses to stay on top of those changes. They should be checking the government website regularly for updates to those guidance documents. I would say at least weekly. They can also use social media, such as Twitter, to follow the government's daily updates to see if there's something in particular um, that's newly been announced that will impact them and require some additional changes. So clearly these plans are an important part of ensuring workers return to work safely and continue to work safely. Reviewing these plans regularly will help employers identify also the best measures to control um, the spread of COVID-19 or eliminate the control of COVID-19 in their workplace. Christina, thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure speaking to you on the first Denton's Employment and Labor podcast, and hopefully it will not be the last. I'd like to thank everyone for joining us today, and we encourage you to reach out to us or your local Denton's Employment and Labor Council with your questions. Dentons is a global legal practice providing client services worldwide through its member, firms, and affiliates. This episode is not designed to provide legal advice or other advice, and you should not take or refrain from taking action based on its content. Please see dentons.com for legal notices.